Thank you very much, Eva. Thank you for organizing this uh, great seminar. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I know times are tough, and we really appreciate you take time for, for, to join us. It's a rare opportunity. We don't get that many uh, corporate visitors, so very grateful to the RBC. To, not a first time, but a second time to come and join us. Very happy about that. RBC, Canada's largest bank. So thank you very much, Eva, for organizing this. So uh, we'll start. We'll let the speaker speak. Uh, you can stay on mute. But then after that, we definitely want to give you some airtime. So uh, we can, if you can use the raise your hand feature, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, you know answer as many of your questions as we can, and we're willing to stay afterwards as well. So thank you all for coming. And on that note, I'd like to uh, uh, introduce Giuliano and Thierry. Um, Thierry, do you want to go first? Sure. Thank you, Bruno, and thank you, Heba. So hi everyone. Uh, my name is Thierry Nguyen. I'm uh, as Hubba mentioned, I'm a Marinopolis alumni. I was uh, in your seat. I graduated from Marinopolis back in 2004. Uh, we were at the, the previous campus, um, close to, uh, to Côte d'Ineige, and I have uh, very fond memories of my time there. Two fantastic years. Um, I was part of the, uh, the basketball team, so you know, played with the Blue Devils and had a, had a, had a great, time, uh, great time there. Uh, I started off in, in sciences, wasn't really for me. I didn't, I didn't do too well in my, in my chemistry class. So I switched over to commerce, uh, which was more um, suited with my, you know, the way my brain worked. Uh, so had, 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 a, had a great time. Then I went to, um, to McGill, where I did my bachelor's of commerce degree, uh, and after three years joined RBC. So I've been at RBC now for uh, coming on 14 years. Um, I'm in the capital markets division of RBC, and more specifically within capital markets in the investment banking group. Uh, and so I'm sure we'll spend a lot more time um, after this to talk to you uh, about the different facets of the bank and different groups. But in a nutshell, within capital markets and within investment banking more specifically, you know, our, um, our task is to work with uh, large cap clients, uh, large corporations, uh, large institutional funds, private equity firms, and really work with them around uh, strategic advisory. So that encompasses mergers and acquisitions. So if you read newspapers like the Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times, looking at uh, companies buying and selling each other. So that's our, that's our bread and butter. That's what we do and help companies access the capital markets. So if you follow the stock market or you look at IPOs, um, teams like ourselves will help companies achieve those types of transactions. What we do in a nutshell, it's really a pleasure here to, to, be, to be able to have the opportunity to, to speak to you all. I wish we could be in person and, and meet some of you and, and shake hands, but for now, happy we can do this in a virtual sweating, setting and uh, super excited to spend the next hour with you all. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Terry. Uh, Julio? Thank you, Eba. Uh, thank, thank you, everyone, for having me as well. Uh, Julio Iaconi, uh, Associate Director of Risk Management at RBC. I've been at RBC for the last uh, seven or so years. Uh, graduate of Marinopolis College, uh, 2002. Uh, the, the Health Sciences Program for those two years there, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Got to meet a lot of great people there, and. Uh, Learned a lot about myself and and, uh, and a lot of skills I uh, I gained uh, that applied later on in life as well. Um, some of which we'll, we'll touch upon later. Uh, after which I uh, went to McGill for three years. I did a bachelor's of science and uh, my studies in and there. I uh, did my MBA after that at Concordia and my CA uh, while working at KPMG for seven years prior to arriving at the bank for the last seven years. Uh, my job entails uh, essentially handling smaller sized businesses, um, the majority of which are not really public, but mostly co uh, commercial clients, um, locally owned businesses. Um, at the end of the day, my, my role in the operations of the bank is to ensure that our credits, um, our credit landscape is kept in check uh, so that we maintain uh, adequate financing for these clients. Uh, 
to maintain their their objectives. So whether it be financing a building, uh, making sure their business is operating day to day properly, and we can go into further details uh, as well on that later on if you have any questions. Thank you very much for everyone for having me, and uh, looking forward to uh, speaking to you all. Uh, Despite the fact that we're in a virtual setting, uh, it'd be great to, to, to exchange with you all at some point, uh, even in person. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you both. I didn't know that you were both coming from a science. I come from a science also in CGIP. So it's great. And it's great for you guys to, to have an idea of Just like, for like one the semester for the titles. One semester. <laughs> I actually completed it. So without further ado, guys, we have two awesome RBCers here with us today. So think about your questions. Think about, you know, what you want to ask them. You're with them here for the next at least half an hour to 45 minutes. So I'd like to ask you, Terry and Julio, um, maybe a question around what made you join the banking industry and what attracted you to career in the banking? Thank you for providing us a little bit of a background of what you do already. I'll leave those questions for the students to ask you more about it. But my question to you is like, what made you choose the banking industry? Yeah, maybe I'll start. Uh, thanks for that question, Heba. So it's, uh, it's a good question. And um, my, uh, as I said, after Marinopolis, I went to McGill. I did a Bachelor of Commerce. I specialized in finance and entrepreneurship. And I remember in an entrepreneurship class, we had a, final project where we had to think about our career choices and kind of be systematic and trying to grade them and think through, you know, whether it's applicable to us. And so I, I picked out, you know, finance, I picked out going into law, I picked out entrepreneurship. I thought about being a, being a beach bum for a while in, in Hawaii. So I, I kind of rated all these different uh, alternatives, try to be, uh, and as you can imagine, they all have their pros and cons. Um, and for me, what drove me into finance and more specifically into investment banking, one, you know, as, as you go up in, into university, it's, it's something that's quite popular or talked about between your alumni. So I had friends who were older than me who had started into the job and uh, had, a, had a chance to, to learn about it uh, from, a, from a direct experience or from, a, from direct feedback. And... Uh, what really attracted me in in this field in particular is that it's really um, it's high it's high impact work. Uh, you work in you work in teams. It's a transactional job, and so uh, in investment banking specifically, our we're we're in the client advisory business, and we're working with quite you know sophisticated clients, uh, working with with CEOs, with with board of directors, with CFOs, on on transactions that are. You know, quite quite important for them and their growth initiatives, and so the type of environment you're in, you're working with, you know, really smart people, both your colleagues and your clients. You're exposed to extremely interesting projects, whether it's raising capital in interesting ways or looking at different combinations of businesses, and so it was frankly a very a really fascinating environment uh, to be a part of, and so uh, that's what drove me to to apply. Um, uh, to the job, it's a it's a pretty um, you know it's not for everyone. It's it's a it's you know it's a relatively stressful environment. It's a it's a deal based environment and it's a client based environment. And so there's high demands and tight timelines. And so it's not for everyone, but for the people who strive in that kind of world, it's very um, it's very um, you know it's really rich, and it's been a great it's been a great time for me. Awesome! Thank you so much for sharing, Terry, Julio. You had a bit of time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Heba. So uh, for, for me, uh, what drew me to RBC, I mean, there's a variety of different factors, but really uh, in terms of presence and in terms of helping people achieve their goals, um, the bank has always been there for me and has always been an attractive location uh, and a, an attractive employer for me as well. And from the start of my career, uh, they had either been involved in either supporting me as a student, whether it be uh, through different ways of, uh, of letting me pay through school. And, and you know, you, you gain access to, to more and more people as time goes on. And uh, as you develop with this, this institution, you realize that the quality of the people that you would be working with 
uh, is also very, very high caliber. And so uh, that for me was what attracted me to the bank, the opportunity to work with extremely talented individuals. Uh, working uh, at the same time, working on really interesting transactions on my end. Uh, I've had a variety of different roles, whether it be client-facing, analytical, uh, what I would call almost a gatekeeper role now. Uh, we, we get to deal with a lot of complex uh, transactions, very uh, local-oriented, but some of them are multinational at the same time. Um, and, and at the end of the day, our end customer is uh, mom-and-pop shops, depending on the size. Uh, again, local businesses, people that are just like me and you that, that need help for their, for their grow opportunity, growth opportunities. Uh, for their expansions and uh, at the end of the day uh, these people have employees uh, that all have families as well so in a sense uh, giving back to the community uh, having an impact like terry said and uh, you know that that was pretty important to me Uh, but at the same time um, keeping uh, the big picture as well uh, in place remembering what they have done for me over time, over time in my lifetime and, and giving back in different ways uh, in my current role, for instance. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'd like to ask you this question. If you go back in time, let's say we have a time machine and you go back in time and you had one advice to give yourself, your 18-year-old self, um, what would it be? Why? And do you think yourself, your 18 years old self would listen to that advice? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think the way, the way I would, I mean, there's a bunch of advice that we could give each other. And, but I think one important advice um, at your stage in your, in your life and your, in your education, and it, it applies for the rest of your life, but I think it's enjoy the journey. You know, enjoy the journey and and the steps along the way because, and I say that, you know, we 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 attract some very bright students um, that come join that come join the firm, and sometimes I see some CVs that are so, you know, for a, for a twenty year old or twenty one year old, there's so much experience in terms of a you know top GPA, three different internships before even applying for a summer internship two years before they graduate. And so there's so much uh, work that, that's been done and, and through in terms of uh, getting exactly to the job they want to be. But I think, you know, enjoying their journey is, uh, is super important because that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's, what, it's, that's what it's all about. Because um, sometimes we've seen people, you know, work so hard to get their quote unquote dream job and then they get in, and for whatever reason, doesn't live up to what they thought it would be, or you know, it's, once that once that goal is accomplished, they're like, well, what's my next goal? And so I just say, you know, have fun, enjoy it for sure, focus on your studies, and focus on getting good grades and have goals. You know, it's important to have goals, but it's also important uh, to enjoy the ride. So when we look at recruitment and we recruit and we look at the type of profile that we seek out in candidates uh, when you're at that point, you know, and ready to start looking for jobs. Of course, we look at CVs. Of course, we look at GPAs. Of course, we look at prior work experience. Um, it's all very important, but we also try to dig deeper and peel the onion in, term, in terms of well, what's this person all about? You know, what kind of person is, is um, are we, are we, uh, are we speaking to here? And is this a person that embodies the values and, and the characteristics of, of someone we want on our team. And so I think, as we said, we're, we're in the advisory business at the end of the day. And so we are in the people business. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of our work is analytical and there's math involved and there's numbers involved. It is a bank after all, but a lot of it too is relationships, uh, building long-term trusted relationships. And so we wanna have people who have interesting backgrounds and have interesting hobbies and have interesting points of view. So diversity is super important. And I think they, you know, one of the advice that, that I'd like you all to think about is make sure you, you focus on academics, super important, but focus on being a complete person and a, a person that's, you know, that's, 
that's um, that's gonna you know that's gonna thrive in in whichever field you end up choosing to to pursue. Thank you, Terry. Very important. It's true. You have to enjoy the the journey in order for you to enjoy the results at the end. Thank you so much for sharing that. How about Julio? Well, Terry uh, hit uh, hit the nail on the head on a lot of things I was going to say, but I'll uh, I'll I'll say this: uh, if I were to go back and tell my eighteenth year eighteen year old self uh, what what to do, or or just tell them when something, uh, the importance of relationships can't be understated, and there it's never er too early to start networking and to getting to know people, and I, and when I say networking, I don't just mean trying to connect with people online and, and in a job or position that you're looking at potentially down the line. Connect with everybody and anybody that you find interesting. And maybe even some that don't that you don't think are interesting. And at the end of the day, the, the end focus is not just accumulating people in a Rolodex. It's what you can do for that person and what that person can do for you down the line. And you'll never realize the importance of that, making relationships and making links with people over time. Um, the value, again, going back to what Terry said, in a bank is not the numbers, the loans, and the, and the math that goes behind everything we do, but it's in the people that I both represent the bank and the people we represent as clients and those that we support in our communities. At the end of the day, if we can establish good relationships with these people, um, you know, there's no sticking point for those people to go and switch banks and switch institutions. So establishing relationships and finding commonalities with other people, um, even if it seems mundane and if it seems like it won't create value for you in, in today's day, in today's uh, time, it may down the line serve to help you or at the very least teach you something that you'll end up using later on in life. And so uh, what I've listened to myself, well, at 18, I wasn't super mature, but at the end of the day, I probably listen to some degree and say, hey, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll listen to this guy and uh, I'll try to make as many friends as possible. And it's not just a question of making friends. It's, it's, connect with as many people as possible. You never know what you'll be able to gain from them. And uh, there's no harm uh, in being nice at the end of the day. I completely agree with you, Julio. It's quality networking isn't just about who you know, but who knows you actually at the end of the day. So uh, thank you yeah. so much for sharing. Um, I think I want the students now, you know, I want to give it to Bruno and I'd love to hear from students what you guys have questions for us. So maybe we can open up the line and one by one, I'll, I'll leave that to Bruno to, um, to manage and to call your name and we'd love to hear your voice and ask your questions. Thank you. Hey, Bob. So Bruno. Thank you. Um, passing it. Passing the ball to you. Yes, thank you. Received. Okay, guys, we have an opportunity. Uh, the floor is ours. So um, instead of listening to one of your teachers, you have a chance to talk to some real-life uh, executives. Um, who wants to go first? The first student question was regarding the lifespan of an investment banker. How long does an investment banker work for average on a firm like RBC? For example, do they work five years and they quit, or do they work six years and they quit? How taxing is the job, and how long does a person stay in a job like investment banking? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a fantastic question. So um, how it works in terms of the recruitment, uh, we hire, there's two ways generally to get in, in terms of the structure. There's uh, the analyst program, which is, new undergraduates, and there's uh, associates who uh, are MBA students who, who join the level after. Um, and so I'd say investment banking, you should think of it as, as a career, you know? A lot of, some people think of it as a job, and as I mentioned, it, it's a demanding environment, and so the early years, um, 
can be tough in terms of the the workload, and we can you know talk a bit more about that after. But really, it's secure. Like I said, I've been I've been here for uh, 14 years now. Uh, one of my colleagues joined in '98, so he's been there for 22, 23 years. Started as an analyst, and so you can absolutely have a career. Uh, our current CEO of RBC Capital Markets also started as an analyst uh, in investment banking and worked his way up the ranks and worked in different groups within capital markets and now is the CEO of RBC Capital Markets um, globally. And so there's definitely a career path uh, as opposed to saying this is a two-year, three-year job. The contract when you join is a two-year contract. Um, and for the for the analysts that that perform well, there's a fit, you know, on both sides. Then there would typically be a third year of an analyst, and then you get promoted to to associate, then to vice president, director, managing director, and so on and so forth. Um, that being said, some people decide that after a year, two years, it was a great experience, but it's not for them. So there there's a natural attrition of people that that join the job and decide to pursue other opportunities, either it's going back to school and to do an MBA, either it's to join a client and work on the corporate development team at a, at, a, at a client, either it's changing over to the buy side and working in private equity. So it opens a, a ton of doors. Uh, and so when you look at the alumni network of, of RBC or different investment banks, you have so many different profiles. I, I know ex-bankers who are now doctors, lawyers, tech investors, you name it. And so um, I think the, the message is one, it can absolutely be a career and a very fulfilling career. And two, you can also open a lot of doors by, by teaching you some, some great skills uh, that you can apply in other fields. The next student question was regarding the number of work hours per week of a new associate in investment banking. 150. No, um, it, it, it depends. It depends. It depends. Um, and so the, the early years, and look, and look it's a quite, you know, I'm, I'm a bit flippant and I was joking a little bit, you know, it's a stigma of, of the job that people sometimes get discouraged about. And so it's something that we take very seriously and all in all seriousness, work-life balance is extremely important and as a focus from the top down, from the top of the organization, from the various senior leadership, all the way to the VPs and associates who are managing the day-to-day work of the analysts. And so I'm not gonna hide it. It is a, and, you know, it's a, it's a demanding job. It's not a nine to five job uh, by any means of the imagination. Um, it's a client service job that you work on important transactions. And so by nature of these transactions, there's tight deadlines and you know, sometimes work is to be done. Um, can there be weeks that you work 80 plus hours? It could happen. Uh, does that happen on a regular basis? No, I don't. You know, I don't think so. Um, and so we 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 try to to one hire appropriately to have teams that are well staffed to uh, to be able to, um, to to share share the workload, if you will. And also, we've made a lot of investments in technology now, which I think, you know, versus the time I started as an analyst, it really revolutionizes the, the way you can manage your work-life balance. And so things like having a functional VPN uh, to be able to work from home uh, makes a huge difference. Because I remember, you know, back in my day when I was working on the weekend, for example, I couldn't just turn on my laptop and work from the house. I had to go into the office and by the desk for comments to come in and wait for faxes to come in. You know, it's, it's almost like um, that's how, that's, uh, that was just kind of the reality of, okay. of waiting for, for things to, to happen. So now with technology, I think we can be a lot smarter in the way we work. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, it, it's a demanding job. I think a lot of the jobs that are, that attract a certain personality, whether you, I speak to some of my friends who are doctors, who work in the ER, you know, they're working, harder hours than I am. Um, and so if you want to be a, a tech entrepreneur and start your own business and launch the new, the new app, that's going to, that's going to be a global success. Trust me, you're, you're putting some pretty serious hours. And so uh, most jobs that have high reward need to put in the work. 
that being said, um, you know, we, we want to make sure we take care of our, of our team and support them. And we don't want anybody to, to burn out either. So it, it's, it's a balance, but it's a, it's a reality of the job. The next student question was regarding stereotyping in investment banking. Are there any stereotypes in investment banking or are there any shared characteristics among investment bankers? Yeah, super interesting. Um, I think for us, yes, there are certain characteristics of people that that uh, work in banking or other jobs. So I think I mentioned, you know, you need to be a people person. When you start off, it's very analytical, but the more you progress, you become a relationship manager. So you need to be comfortable dealing with people. Um, it is people who are rigorous um, in terms of thinking through um, different problems and, and solving problems. I think it's people who are creative and entrepreneurial because at the end of the day, you're, you're in charge of building your client base and and reaching out to folks. And so it's not a, a job where you can just sit in your corner all day. You, you need to go out there and, and build relationships. Uh, so I think there's, there's, there's certainly a lot of features or, or characteristics or personality traits that you'll find across um, our colleagues or across the group. That being said, we're super focused on diversity. Uh, we recognize across our industry and in our firm, there's a gap in diversity. And so we're better than, than some, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And so it's a big focus of the bank, across the bank, including in capital markets, to increase our diversity and look at people from, from different backgrounds. And so what I'd say is there's not one path um, to, get, to get into this field. There's many different paths. Uh, we have people that have engineering backgrounds, people that have arts backgrounds, people that have accounting backgrounds. And so there's, there's, there's many ways to come in. Um, and so it goes back to, to, um, to my, my original comment where really we're looking for well-rounded people. And so of course, grades come into play and we wanna show that you're responsible, you're ambitious, uh, you're reliable, you understand numbers, and on the end day, we need to run numbers, so you need to understand math, uh, but it's not rocket science either. And so I think uh, personality matters a bunch in, uh, in this field. The next student question was regarding what kind of skill is important in investment banking, and how can a student develop that skill? Yeah, I think the, uh, the early years, um, your analytical skills are, are going to be important. So, in in the in the in the first part of the job, uh, the role of the analyst is to do the the fundamental analysis that's required for the rest of the team to be able to reflect on the numbers. You know, what do the numbers tell us, and be able to provide insightful recommendations and advice to our clients. And so, the job initially. I think the skills is you need to be very detail-oriented. You need to have an interest in finance. You need to have an interest in the capital markets. You know, you should care about what's happening in the markets and what companies are doing, how companies are thinking about their strategies and their corporate initiatives. So I think that's, that's hugely important. Um, and so when during the interview process, we typically have two, uh, two stages, if you will. There's one is the fit. So all the things I talked about earlier in terms of the personality, the interest, what kind of feedback do we get from this person? Um, that's hugely important, but you know, the first bucket and the second bucket, okay, if this person is fit and it's a great person we, we, we want to have in our team in terms of the personality, then you know, can they actually do the job? And so the second part is you know, more technical questions. And so um, questions like how do you value a company? And so you'll learn this, um, I'm sure, in your, if you decide to go down the path, you know, there's, there's looking at discounted cash flow analyses, looking at ways that you, can, that you can 
figure out what's the intrinsic value of a business so that when you're working with your client that says, I want to buy company A, what's it worth? You can do some real work to have a view in terms of what your client should be paying for this enterprise. So there's, uh, there, there's clearly a very analytical portion of the job. And then the other one, it's, it's like I said, just personality. Thank you, Thierry. We have time for a few more questions. Bruno, I may have one if I have a chance. Of ask. course, of course. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm Norma Vitaleon, and I am the program coordinator. So thank you to our guests for being here uh, today. This has been great. Um, my question has to do with um, with basically the, the previous questions, too, in the sense that um, um, in another life, I also worked at banking um, at a central bank in, in Mexico. And I do remember the very, very long hours um, back then. I also remember, uh, like Mexico in the 1990s, um, there were there were specific uh, constraints on uh, women, like uh, like uh, additional stereotypes that you had to deal with. And uh, I think that things have changed a lot. Uh, but when it comes to um, you know female workers, the balance between you know work and family is always uh, a concern. And um, I am happy to see that uh, we have at Marinopolis a large number of uh, very strong uh, students, you know, uh, uh, that uh, across all the spectrum. And uh, I'm wondering how does the bank these days uh, allows for, you know, to retain talent um, by, you know, supporting uh, all of these different uh, uh, this diversity. So um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. I can uh, I, I can answer part of parcel. I mean, it's a great great question, and it's probably been a, a great focus of the bank for the last decade or so, at the very least. Uh, we we, re we recognize that there's a gap in gender equality across the board in the workforce, and and. It, even more so in banking for that, for that matter. But um, what we have noted, in, especially in personal and commercial banking, and I think capital markets as well, correct me if I'm wrong, Terry, um, there has been a shift to, to better the work-life balance element, especially for women coming into the workforce. I mean, from where I stand as you speak, the opportunities uh, for, for roles in, in executive management, in in credit roles, uh, in sales roles uh, at the bank, especially in in our facet of the, the line of uh, the business, uh, there's been a focus. In fact, if anything, we've got some groups that are majority uh, majority taken up by women in, in those roles. Um, at the end of the day, the opportunities will be equal. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're trying to rebalance ourselves, meaning in a sense that any new opportunities for leadership, well, chances are, uh, you know, if you've got equal qualifications, uh, not to say that women will be picked over men, but in most cases, we will favor uh the promotion of a woman over a man in a sense of, of equalizing that landscape and and supporting uh, the equalization of that landscape across our across our uh, leadership groups um i don't know if that answers uh, to some degree the question there's a lot of support pro programs that uh the heba could probably uh provide additional information on but uh, the bank has been very very open and honest about it, and uh, has made, made really great strides uh, over time in the last decade, at the very least. Thank you, Julia. Uh, yeah, I just want to add to that because it's a very, you know, it's a very important question. So thank you um, for for raising it. Um, and so I would just, add, I think Julia made some some great comments, and I just add on to that. You know, we are working through some very specific initiatives to to retain, but also to attract. Quite frankly. Uh, women 
into the into the field because if you it starts at the funnel and um, just from statistically when we when we put out a a, a posting for for a new job opportunity in, in banking maybe three quarters or 80% will be male applicants. That's just the reality of the funnel. And so um, we've, we've questioned ourselves a lot about, you know, why that's the case. And so we, I think uh, information sessions such as this one is very important to explain to you all from a, from a young age or from early on in your, in your careers or education about the job such that you can do your own research and, and hopefully find interesting and are, are, are interested to apply. And so we have several initiatives to to increase our recruitment uh, of women into the workforce. And so we, we've, in, we've started some mentorship programs for uh, first-year university women to, to pair them with um, someone within the bank, within Capital Markets. And so I was a mentor to an exceptional young lady from, from BC and helped her understand um, the job entails and so there's a lot of initiatives that i'd say to 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 make everyone realize but women in particular you know why why this job could be uh interesting for them to pursue because we see in our in in, in law and in, in uh accounting there's a lot more diversity but it's something i think that we can do better and then in terms of retention too there's uh there you know you you're, you're all too young to be thinking about this but families happen and it's it's a it's both parents are responsible for raising a family, but the woman obviously needs needs some some time to. Um, sometimes it's it's more difficult in the early years, and so there's programs for uh, return to work or return to capital markets. So for for a certain woman who decide to take some time off after having um, a child, you know, once that child is older, then to return to the to the workforce. And so there's return to capital markets program, which have been very successful. And so some of the very senior leaders in the firm now were part of these programs. And so um, I think we've, we've said enough, but I'll, I'll just say that it's, you know, it's a hugely important um, focused area and endeavor. And we certainly hope that, that uh, some of you here will be encouraged to, to look into this as a career choice. And if you want to reach out to, to me separately afterwards to talk about it, I'm more than happy to, to spend some time. Thank you, Julio. What was your experience and job before you came to RBC? What jobs did you take and which ones helped you to get where you are today and whether you would recommend those jobs? I'll, uh, I'll take the first stab at this. So uh, prior to doing my MBA, um, I had jobs at CNR Corporation, believe it or not, uh, which is now a uh, defunct company going to work with our legal team and getting to know a little bit of what happened there uh, during the, uh, during a, um, if you can look that up actually, and, and you, there was a bit of a scandal that went on there. And uh, I was, I was my first summer job, essentially learning about legal ramifications of scandals and how they can impact you. Uh, I worked at Jean Coutu for five years and, uh, and, and learned about client service. And there's no other simplistic way to put it, but getting to know people, that you that you see on a regular basis and and establishing a level of trust with them, you don't realize it when you're going through it. But these are these are transferable skills that you gain over time. And uh, while obviously I, I gained a hell of a, a lot of experience in uh, accounting uh, prior to coming to the bank, uh, working with KPMG uh, in a client facing role as well, uh, you can never downplay uh, the employment. That you might seek at any age, and and what it, what impact it might have in your career. Um, I look at a lot of our successful uh, account managers and, uh, and 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 representatives at uh, at the bank now. A lot of them started at McDonald's, uh, looking at high stress high stress situations, uh, problem solving, uh, again client facing, and dealing with customers that want to be served in like ten seconds. Uh, things that seem mundane when you think about it, but at the end of the day may end up serving you and better you for the long term. Um, so, so that's, that's my, uh, that's my take on that. Never, never look back and, and say, I can't believe I did that prior to taking on a role. Uh, don't be shy to ask. 
but uh, believe it or not, we're all in this uh, for, for a reason, and, and you never really start low enough to believe uh, that you can get to a certain level later on in life. Why did you choose RBC? Is it just because it's the largest bank in Canada, or are there any other benefits? Yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll start. Thanks for that. You, it's a it's a it's a nice way to allow myself and Julie to give the RBC commercial without forcing it down your neck. So I appreciate the question. So it's a good segue for us to be able to talk about how great the bank is. Um, for me, uh, it happened a bit by by luck, quite frankly. And so when we talked about you know networking or friendships. Um, I was fortunate that I, I actually graduated from McGill um, without a, a job out of graduation. And so I, I decided to go traveling for, for a couple of months. I went for, for three months uh, around uh, Southeast Asia and just, you know, backpacked around. And then I got an email from a friend of mine uh, who, was, who had graduated a year before uh, and was working at RBC in Montreal and said, you know, I'm transferring to Toronto there's an opening. It's a bit of a, a rush. We need to find a seat ASAP. So are you interested? And so I said, sure. And I, I interviewed via <laughs> Skype at the time for some, for some internet cafe in, in, uh, in Vietnam and then in, in Phuket and, and I got the job. And so that's kind of how I got into it. Uh, so little did I know that, you know, getting into the job, it would end up being, you know, a 14 year career or a place that'd be for such a long time. But I think I'm very fortunate that I got that phone call and very fortunate that landed where I am because it's a phenomenal bank. It's a phenomenal team. Uh, it's, it's a really a great place to work. And so within capital markets, or you know, one, the bank, we are the biggest bank in Canada. So you know, that's just kind of a fact. And so we're the, we're the, we're the market leader. Uh, and then within capital markets specifically, we also are the market leader in Canada. And we're the only bank in Canada that truly has a global presence. And so it's something that, uh, that the bank within capital markets decided to do when I joined, actually, or around when I joined in, back in 2007. Uh, if, you, if you take out the, the history books, that was the last, we're living through the current crisis, the pandemic, but that was the last financial crisis back in 08, 09. And so a lot of banks and a lot of very established investment banks had too much leverage, had exposure to too much risky assets, and really had trouble with their liquidity. And so that was a period where RBC, who was uh, safer and still had a good credit quality, we really stepped up and took advantage of that turbulence in the market to aggressively expand uh, our operations internationally. So principally in the U.S., uh, so we make a big push to hire top-rated bankers and service clients um, when our competitors couldn't. And so today, when you while you think of RBC as a Canadian bank, which we are, you know, we're the largest bank in Canada, within capital markets, our business down south in the U.S. is multiple times bigger than our business in Canada. And so we have probably five or ten times more bankers in, in New York than we do in Toronto uh, and serve you know the gamut of services within capital markets and investment banking with clients in the U.S., clients in London, clients in Sydney, clients in San Francisco, and so we really have a uh, a global coverage strategy, and that's what we call our group, you know, global investment banking. And so it's been it's been great just to be part of that success, to be part of that growth, uh, and it's been it's been really stimulating. So you know. I guess, why did I choose RBC? I didn't really chose RBC. You know, I just kind of fell into it. But why did I stay? It's because it's been a great ride. I work with um, amazing people. Um, and the bank itself is, is, uh, is doing fantastic and, you know, lives the values that are, that are important to me. And so it's a good fit. Since you mentioned that RBC is international, what is the difference between working as an investment banker in the States and in Canada? Um, good question. I think it's very similar. It's very similar. I mean, the the cost of your apartment's more expensive in New York than it is in Montreal. I guess that's one difference. But um, look, all all things on all seriousness. I mean, the the job itself is is very similar. And the reality of our job is that we often work uh, with in teams. And so any cover any client that 
that I cover or project that I work on, it's not just Montreal working with my Montreal colleagues. I'm working with my Toronto colleagues. I'm working with my New York colleagues, people from London, depending on the file. And so it's very much a collaborative effort across our offices. Most of our clients have global ambitions. Um, they want to look at acquisitions uh, outside of their backyard. You may have seen last week or a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of press around Kushtar, which is a homegrown uh, you know, giant company that, that it leaked. Unfortunately, in, in merchant acquisitions, you can have leaks. And so it leaked before they were ready to announce a deal that they were looking to acquire Carrefour, which is a $20 billion grocery company uh, based in France and with operations globally. So that was a you know hugely transformational acquisition. They would double the size of their business. They would change into a new business line going from convenience stores to grocery. Uh, and that's the type of moves that some of our clients are looking to do. So cross-border M&A, global M&A, across geographies, across different sectors. And so we work very much in, in collaboration, um, irrespective of where you work. I'd say, you know, by virtue of some of the clients in different regions, the type of clients you cover will be different. And so, for example, in Montreal, our mandate is to cover Quebec-based clients. And so Quebec is a pretty diversified economy. And so my client base varies from companies in in uh, in the consumer space. I mentioned Cristal companies in renewable energy, like Hydro-Quebec and Borlax, companies in um, transportation, like Air Canada, like Transport. So there's there's a very wide range of industries you cover. If you go into an office like New York or London or Toronto, they're bigger offices. And so usually the coverage model is more specific. So instead of having a diversified or generalist coverage, you will do a specific industry. And so you'll be a banker that will do only FinTech or a banker that will do only healthcare or only industrials and so on and so forth. And so the, the coverage approach is different, but the job itself is very similar. Thank you, Thierry. Do we have maybe one final question? Can you tell me how the salary works? Aha, now I've got someone asking the real question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I won't give you numbers, but it's construct. It's, uh, that's how it works. There's usually uh, there's a, base, there's a base salary uh, and there's an annual bonus. Um, which is, you know, which is a material part of the overall compensation. And so it depends on the performance of the bank, depends on the performance of the group. As you get more senior, it depends on your individual performance in terms of the revenues you generated for, for analysts and associates. It's less, it's less, you know, you're not expected to bring in business. So it's more of your performance overall, but the compensation structure is um, a base salary and a bonus. Thierry, can you is, is the bonus ten percent of base, twenty percent of base? Can it uh, it varies? It varies. It's not ten percent. You know, bonuses depending on the level you are at in the firm, it can vary from eighty percent of base to five hundred percent of base. So okay. okay. The, the bonus can be quite variable. Okay. We're we're a competitive employer in terms of in terms of salaries, uh, and depending on which group you go into different functions, there's different salary grades, but it's, uh, but I'm not gonna hide it. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an attractive part of the job as well. It's, you know, we're well compensated. Thank you very much, Thierry. I think on that note, it's a good way to, to uh, um, terminate our, our session i want to thank you all yeah, and then we ended with a real with a real money question that's good yeah yeah <laughs> we wrap it up. yes I, I want to if i if we if we wasted your time or not <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much julio thank you terry i know you're you know you're very busy executives uh, Thierry, uh, you mentioned how many hours you work, so it's a privilege to have you here today. Thank you all the students who are professional, had the cameras on and asked good questions and paid attention. Um, that's the reason uh, guest speakers come to Marianapolis. They're very busy. They don't have to come see us, so they come because uh, they know that uh, we have professional students. 
Uh, that's the reason we're able to attract uh, top-notch speakers who come here on a volunteer basis to, to talk to us. Um, they, they don't really don't have to. So, Julio and Thierry, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, very gracious of you. Thank you, and thank you to everyone for your professionalism. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to listen. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we did during the interview. Of course, a final big thank you for all the RBC panelists, Mr. Julio Yaconi, as well as Mr. Thierry Nguyen. Another thank you to Professor Bruno Delorme and Ms. Heba Alicia for organizing this talk. If you liked this episode, learned something, or just want to help out a bunch of students, please leave a review, write a comment, and share this on social media. If you are listening to this on YouTube, please subscribe and write to us in the comments. The Marianopolis Addendum podcast is actively seeking local sponsors here in Montreal, so if you are interested, please contact us at the email linked in the description. All the profit generated by this podcast will go back to fund our club's activity. If we have any surplus, they will be donated at the end of every month to a local charity. This episode was edited by Henry. We look forward to seeing you at our next broadcast. Cheers!